Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their fantastic hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 95. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, if you couldn't tell, I tried to put a little pizzazz on that intro. You know, sometimes I'm a little just bland, so I thought I'd spice it up and give my best announcer a voice. You know, I have to record that every single time. You think I could maybe hire some guy. Hey, if any of you have like a real nice, deep radio voice, you want to send me a clip of just you saying, hey, welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. You know, just leave it at that, and then I'll add the episode later. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, But anyway, guys, I'm glad... Uh, I can't talk. I'm grateful, though, that you have come back for another episode. If it's your first one, I am sure that you have already left and you're listening to Wired to Hunt or something better. But anyhow, those of you that have stuck around, thank you. (laughs) Guys, I'll tell you what, it is the middle of the rut, and I am recording this at 9.35 p.m. After a long morning of hunting, got up at 4 a.m. and just did a podcast with my buddy Josh. I'll tell you about that in a second. But quick update on my season. Uh, I hunted like crazy over the weekend, and the warm temperatures um, were were rough. Uh, it really has kind of stifled the the that that sweet spot in the rut where it kind of kicks in on the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You know, it really seems like those are some dates whenever you have some good hunting. It just was a struggle. Um, just saw a few deer, if that. Um, nothing was moving, you know, unless it was early morning, super like right at last light. So it kind of felt like October hunting almost. I uh, was in some great spots, felt really good about a couple of the places that I was hunting, uh, but it just didn't pan out. But I found out that that was not the case across the state. Uh, just about an hour north, my buddy uh, Josh Castle, uh, Shedding Light contributor, on Saturday morning knocked down the biggest buck of his life and it was absolutely an awesome buck he sent me the footage of it and i was freaking out and we talk about all of that and how he led uh, everything that led up to him getting this giant buck guys that is going to be on youtube along with a lot of other things so i'm sure if you're listening to this you're a longtime listener you maybe have already subscribed but if you haven't go over there we've got some great videos right now uh we've got we're, we're just grateful that god has just kind of blessed um our, our ministry blessed YouTube. Uh, we, you know, a couple years ago, we didn't even mess with YouTube. We didn't even know how to do stuff. We thought Facebook was where it was at. And now we're realizing YouTube has got some perks to it. There's some things, and we've got one video that was at 9,000 views, and, and two weeks later, it's at 40,000, which for us guys, that's just, we're just grateful and, and we can't even believe it. So we're just excited about that. So if you're, if you haven't seen any of those, check out uh, Shedding Light Outdoors over there on YouTube. Hit subscribe. You'll see Josh's video. Video whenever we release it, along with about three or four or five other videos that we've got up our sleeve that we're working on as we speak. So we're just a bunch of average Joes that love hunting and we're grateful for our time in the woods and trying to get out as much as we can and still maintain good family life, maintain uh, time at our jobs and everything else that we got to juggle. But we're going to dive in today. We're going to hear Josh Castle. He's going to jump on and tell a great story of his 2020 buck. You don't want to miss it. Buckle up. Here we go. Josh Castle. All right, guys. I am happy to have back on the show again my friend, Josh Castle. Josh, how are you, man? Doing, doing really good. How are you, Travis? Oh, doing pretty good, man. It's uh, I tell you what, um, it has been a really warm rut. Um, so <laughs> I'm doing good. But, you know, if it would drop about 30 more degrees, I'd, I'd be cool with it, you know. 
Yeah, it's been really warm. That's for sure. It's been uh, difficult for scouting. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Major challenge, but it's been kind of fun and you've had some success. We'll get to that. But if you haven't, um, if people haven't listened to it, you were on the show before, I think, I think twice, actually, maybe telling some turkey stories. And then we heard about your buck from last year. Um, but go ahead and just uh, tell people who you are, where you're from, um, all that, that good stuff people enjoy hearing. All right. So, so I live in Ohio. I've been here for most of my life. I was born in Georgia, uh, raised on hunting really. So my dad got me into it when I was just a little boy and, uh, found the biggest shed I've ever found in my life when I was nine years old. Really? And it was the very first shed I ever found. So, and it's still the biggest. <laughs> and and it's so fitting that you ended up in shedding light outdoors. Somebody had to teach us how to find sheds because it was in our name. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, so I've been here uh, here in Ohio for twenty some years, and I just got married uh, to my awesome wife three years ago, and we had our firstborn son this June. So a lot has changed for me in the last five years. Yeah, yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, tell everybody his name. It's a perfect name for a hunter. <laughs> his name is Archer Daniel. Oh, I love that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, so how is, just before we go too much further, how has having um, a baby at home changed things for you, or has it changed things for you in, in the hunting world this season? Yeah, you know, it's it's really changed things a lot. Like, so I still have time to go hunting, fortunately, uh, my mother, my father-in-law just live right down the road. So it's not a big deal for them to watch him. Uh, when, when my wife is at work and usually I would be at work, but I would get off an hour before her usually. And uh, they would just be okay with watching him for that extra hour while I would go hit the woods in the evenings. Yeah. And then so I mean, it's been pretty good, but while I'm on the tree stand, it's a lot different because I have this different thing, you know, I've got this little boy on my mind and it's really, it's a lot different because <laughs> it's actually like I have this big miss in my heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's like you love being in the woods. The time away mm -hmm. is good, but at the same time, there's like this magnet, like magnetic force kind of pulling you back home even more than, than before. So I, I get yes. that. Certainly, yes. There's been many times when I was in the tree stand and I thought, you know what, I need to just get down and go to my family. Mm. And I yeah. did There's a couple of times. And uh, you run a lawn care service and um, some other things? Yeah, I do lawn care, uh, some light landscaping stuff. I've been doing that for three years now uh, for myself. And also do some skull cleaning, uh, European skull mounts in the off season. Yeah. And then of course I do some snow work and things like that in the winter. Yes. Uh, stuff to keep you busy for sure. You're an essential employee. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to believe so. <laughs> well, man, let's get into some deer. Um, I, I kind of want to start Josh. Um, you know, I, I've kept up with your season a little bit now you and I, so people know, like I see you on occasion, you know, you hang out with Travis Shire and we, we cross paths a good bit, you know, and talk on the phone and whatnot, but we're about an hour, hour and some change. So I don't see all the time. So I kind of kept up a little bit with how your season was going, but I didn't hear like all the details. So this is kind of a first time for me as well. So kind of start us at like maybe the, 
you know, August, you know, September as you're getting into the season. What's your what's your plan for this season? How did all that unfold, you know, in those first few weeks the season opened up? Yeah, so I think my plan really in the in the early season was obviously I had my wife had her first son and I wasn't really able to get out and scout like I had in the past. I used to run cameras, you know, in the summer uh, scouting. I hunt mostly on public land, so it's very time-consuming to do that. And uh, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that. So pretty much just in my mind, I just had it set that I was going to just go off of foreknowledge, you know, just uh, off of things that I've seen in the past and, you know, just locations in my mind and, I guess when it finally came to deer season, I could just go out there and see if there was fresh sign for this season. And pretty much that's how I started off the year was just getting into the tree stand. Really, I didn't do any pre-scouting. So and I got, I have a couple of private farms that I can hunt that are close by home. Mm-hmm. But you, know, you can only hunt those a few times before you really start to burn a good spot out. So <laughs> I tried to avoid them as much as I could. And I also didn't hunt anywhere near as much as I have in the past either. Um, yeah. And so my, kind of a different year, really. I mean, you throw in COVID into that mix and that definitely uh, changed things up a little bit. I mean, I, well, let me ask how, how did you see COVID affecting the public land? Did you experience like, a, a lot more hunters, less hunters. How did, how did that play into it? You know, honestly, I thought it would affect it in kind of in a negative way uh, just because people wouldn't be traveling as much due to the fact that they would possibly be missing out on work and finances. But I didn't really think it played too much of a negative effect as I thought it would have because there still seems to be a good amount of hunting still going on. Mm on the public land yeah so i think that's a good thing really yeah yeah and i i mean i've heard from some people that like public actually became busier because there was more people that had free time and maybe they you know they're uh, on a two-week quarantine which means a two-week vacation in the woods if they don't have any <laughs> symptoms right so yeah. you know so there's been a lot of uh uptick in the public land kind of thing in fact what was interesting i was i was um where our stories overlap a little bit is in the beginning of the season, my very first hunt, I got a wild hare the week, uh, like two days before season began. I couldn't hunt on the opener, but I decided I was going to go try my hand at public land and close. It's, it's like about a 35 minute drive. I found this like real small piece of uh, public and, um, let's just say it didn't go well for me, but I was calling you asking for advice on where to go and it wasn't your fault. I just, I'd never been there and I went in in the dark and ended up in a briar patch for about a hundred yards. So. Oh man, that's crazy. That's the way it works. So it's, it's, that's happened to me so many times. Oh man. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit of like how your season unpacked and kind of bring us through, uh, kind of lead us up uh, to what happened just a few days ago. And uh, so how did the rest of the season go for you? Um, man, I had a couple of really good bucks in uh shooting range there on public ground. Uh, see, I have a nephew that I've been taking out a lot. He's on the verge of having his driver's license. 
So maybe next year he can take me to spots that he finds. <laughs> uh, so anyways, I, I just kind of put myself on the back burner, really. Uh, and I, I wanted for him to experience the public land kind of the way I have, but to have somebody actually show him the ropes and to get familiar with the ground. And so I put him in these places and, and then we had two really good opportunities on two awesome bucks. I have one of them on camera and it just, we never were able to seal the deal, unfortunately. And uh, so we kind of backed off the public land a little bit. I guess this was through the October months, the uh, early season of, of the bow hunting. And he started going back to school because of the COVID things, however they do the school stuff. Right. <clears throat> and so I actually, I was able to start hunting a little bit by myself. And I had gotten on some public land and hunted after this big buck that I had seen a few days prior. And I think I just kind of went in there and messed things up. <laughs> it okay. just, it just didn't go as, as I planned. And how, how oh. did you, how did, I'm just curious because me not being a big public land guy uh, too much, how, how did, what do you think you did wrong on some of those hunts? Just not being real familiar with the ground, I guess. It was a place that I had shed hunted and walked in the winter and things that I thought they were actually were not. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a really good statement for how public land can work out. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But okay. there was a really good buck in there. And, and it's one of these places where you, you almost cannot get into a tree with a tree stand, uh, hang on or climber, really. It's one of the places where you should, you, you would take a ground blind in or hunt from the ground. And that's what we did. We hunted from the ground on a really windy day. And, and it was a good core cool front that we had coming in. We saw a really big 10 pointer and a nice six pointer in one evening. Hmm. and a pheasant also i've only seen like 10 pheasants in my life and they most of them have been on public land oh wow it was pretty cool to see that yeah so anyways coming into the weekend i i told my wife i said i was going to take a week off and just focus on myself for the first week of november and i decided to go into this private piece that I've had permission to hunt for the past few years now and I've seen some good bucks on it actually last year my dad harvested a buck on this property hmm. and as well as my nephew we got on the mound they got two good bucks off this property and like I said before I didn't run any trail cameras or anything but I just went into some spots where I knew I would have a good chance and uh, so I hunted from this tree um I believe it was Friday, November 6th. And uh, this was this was an evening hunt. Actually, it had been pretty warm, like 70 degrees, high mm-hmm. 60s. And I knew it was the time of the year for the bucks to be cruising, but the weather wasn't ideal. Yeah. But it was my vacation week, so I had to use it. And so I went inside of this, this stand, and, and the deer just came to life. At like, you know, an hour before sunset, the deer were just cruising. I had seen a couple of nice eight pointers. I decided not to shoot. 
and uh, Doe that they were pushing. She was kind of running in circles. And uh, about the time I thought that was all I was going to see, I looked to my left. Here come this awesome buck. And I'm sitting there looking at him. I'm getting my camera and stuff ready and getting the camera on. And I realized, okay, this is definitely a shooter for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I get my bow up and I'm thinking, okay, I had already already had this pre-decided about the yardage. I'm using a single pin um, adjustable sight. And this is the first year I've ever used that sight. So I'm kind of new with it. Yeah. And I'm shooting really heavy arrows also. So like, after about 25 yards, five yards makes like a two or three inch difference um, and drop. And so when this buck got out to about 35 yards, I had my pin set at 25 and I aimed like at the top of his back trying to compensate for it. And somehow I just shot right over his back. Oh, man. Uh, turned out he was only like 32 yards. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so it was kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, and he was he was big from what what I had heard. Uh, I think you had said he was. I mean, a pretty giant buck. He was. He was an awesome deer. Probably would have been my second biggest of all time so far. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah. I, how do you um, how do you respond to those type of things, Josh? Is it one of those things like um, just like eats at you for a couple of days or just kind of like figure out a way to shrug it off and just jump back in and, and roll on to the next day. Yeah. You know, I think I'm to the point now where this has happened to me so many times. It just, I just kind of just shrug my shoulder. I'm glad that I didn't actually wound the animal. Mm-hmm. You know, clean this is better than um, a bad hit. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And I've been there many times, but this time I missed and, he went up the hill and I thought, okay, well, this isn't such a big deal. I might get to see this buck again. And so that evening I got down on the tree stand, grabbed my arrow and I was bummed out. Don't get me wrong. Had uh, talked to my dad a little bit and he kind of straightened me back out. And so the, uh, the next morning I decided I'm definitely going to go back and hunt that same tree stand because I knew that there was a hot doe in there. And I was hoping on seeing that buck or at least another shooter. Mm-hmm. And so I go there in the morning and we have a great frost. I mean, it was cold after coming off of a pretty hot day um, the following day. It was in the mid forties and, about six o'clock in the morning. And that's when I was in my tree stand. I had, uh, let's see, I'm sitting there for about probably 30 minutes or so. I decided to do a little bit of rattling and 15 minutes passes by and I started hearing some noise coming from down the hill. And I seen a doe come down along the fence and she crossed the fence into the pasture that I was hunting. And then that's when I could hear a buck grunting behind her I looked up, I could see the buck, and I said, oh, yes, there he is. <laughs> I thought it was the buck I missed the night before. Oh, yeah? And come to find out, it was an even bigger buck. <laughs> oh, man, that's insane. Yes. So my heart's racing, man. I'm thinking, man, this is, this is probably one of the biggest top 10, top 15 biggest bucks I've ever even seen um, in a hunting situation. Mm. And so he's putting on this show with the doe and there's a couple other bucks on top of the hill trying to get in on the action 
and he just wasn't having it, man. He was such an aggressive buck grunting and he was growling after I grunted at him once he was growling back at me and he snort wheezed at the bucks up on the hill <laughs> yeah I've got that on video too so that's that's pretty cool it'll be exciting to watch yeah so and, how, how are you composed at this point like some people start to shake some people are cool under pressure how how are you handling the biggest buck that you've ever seen <laughs> one of the biggest bucks you've ever seen standing there snort wheezing well I knew that there was a chance I was going to get to take a shot or there was a chance that I was going to see him walk out of my life forever. (laughs) And I just sat there with my camera. I thought, you know what, if I can catch him on the camera, that'll be awesome in itself. But I grabbed my bow. I had everything ready to go. And, And when he turned his back and faced the opposite direction, I turned behind the tree and hit my grunt call. And, and that really, really fired him up. He uh, he turned around and he growled and he started marching towards me. And as he did that, the doe he was with got a little edgy and she started to run out into the field, which brought him directly to me. And so I got him on my viewfinder and my camera going past the camera. Mm-hmm. And, and I had my GoPro on my head too. And I thought I had it on, but I guess I didn't. Uh, so I missed the shot impact with the camera. Um, I got to take a shot at this buck. I had to stop him because he was kind of sprinting after this doe. And they stopped on a dime, which I was surprised. I just uh, made a noise and got him to stop. And I had a perfect 30-yard shot on this buck. And I kind of had it figured out from the mistake I had the day before. Hmm. Yeah, so it worked out for the better I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I took the shot on this buck and it was perfect and it hit right behind the shoulder just like you would you would dream of and he he ran up the hill I got the camera back on him and he's just up there stumbling around on the hill next thing you know he just starts tumbling down the hill <laughs> and and I'm not kidding you I was hyperventilating at this point <laughs> yeah I really was hyperventilating. I couldn't hardly catch my breath. Uh, what was you? Uh, now I've seen this. You, you sent me the video. And you kept on saying something. What was it you kept saying? I said, I kept saying, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like this is actually real. Like, this actually <laughs> just happened. Uh, it smoked a giant or something is what I think. I just, yeah. I just killed a giant. Yeah. I just killed a giant. Yeah. Yeah. I just killed a giant. Uh-huh. That's what I said. Man. I just couldn't believe it. Just couldn't believe it, man. Yeah. Like I, Dude, I, I'm sitting in the tree stand uh, whenever you called me and then you send me that footage. I mean, I'm like, I must have watched that. I don't know. I probably missed a deer coming by me because I, I must have watched that footage like 10 times sitting there watching it over and over because it was so cool. Never have I not cared that there was not a kill shot on camera. Like, it would have been cool. Sure. It would have been awesome. But you see this deer and he's all fired up and he comes bla- like going right by the camera. You hear him, uh-huh. you hear you stop. It's like almost kind of neat because you get it pictured in your mind. Like I'm, I imagine what it would have looked like. And then you get back on him and this deer is trying to crest this beautiful sunrise morning hill and mm-hmm. does a backflip. You know, it's just like, oh, <laughs> uh, man, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was an awesome hunt, man. I, and I've had many opportunities on, on bucks of that caliber and even a couple probably bigger and and like the night before with the buck that I missed, it's just never gone the way that I wanted it to. So 
I think that was part of me hyperventilating. Like I cannot actually believe this just happened. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> finally. It takes a long time and a lot of effort, unless you're hunting like crazy utopias and, and stuff like that to have a buck like that come by. I mean, that's, that's a pretty special moment. Yeah, it is. And I, I've only been hunting one state my whole life. I've never traveled. So I've only had one buck tag each year. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I do a lot of public land hunting. So I'm just really thankful for this, this season and the opportunity that I have on this buck. It was mm. just an amazing experience. So uh, tell us about the buck. Um, you get up there. I know you backed out and you went and waited. Uh, you backed out, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yep, I knew he was down. Okay. And I know Travis Shire and you. So tell us kind of like what your thoughts are. Get Describe this buck as you walk upon it. Well, he, he's, his rack was kind of entangled in all of the growth on the side of this hill. So I knew I'd killed a giant and – Honestly, I was thinking, okay, I can't wait to grab this thing, but I have so much I got to do before I can actually grab this thing. <laughs> so I left my bow and pretty much everything in my tree stand. <laughs> I pretty much just jumped right out of the tree stand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I need my climbing sticks at this point. <laughs> just floating. <laughs> yeah, it was only 10 foot up off the ground, but. So I, I marched across the field and got to my car and called Travis, but he was hunting with his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just started calling people. And I got home and I, I talked to my wife and I told her I killed a giant. She was excited for him. And I showed her the video. And so I was waiting on Travis Shire to get done hunting with his dad. And it took till about, I think it was like 1030 or something like that before he finally showed up. And it, it was actually starting to get really hot, like 70 degrees already by this time. So the temperature was rising fast and, and, I, and the butterflies in my stomach were like, okay, this buck is out there. The biggest buck I've ever killed is out there. You're just laying like anything mm-hmm. can be going off at the worst thoughts possible are running through my mind. Like coyotes coming and getting to it or cause there's coyotes out there. Yeah. Or just some random person coming through and just Bigfoot cutting his head it. off. Yeah. yeah, Bigfoot snatched it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Travis finally got a hold of me, and we got out there. And I still think I have the butterflies from that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this buck, like, so he had one side, it looked like, from the pictures, um, where it looked like he had broken off a little bit. Uh, so how many points would, would this buck have been? Uh, I'd say he had he he was a mainframe twelve point, but he had thirteen scoreable points total, okay. without the break. Oh wow! And uh, uh, one of the neighboring properties actually had one one single trail cam picture of this buck, and it gives you a good look at what he was before he broke. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm, yep. So I'm going to try to have a taxidermist kind of recreate that. Oh, cool! That's mm-hmm. cool. Yes. Oh, nice man. So, giant buck, uh, this is your biggest, right? <clears throat> yes, it is. Biggest buck. So, mm-hmm. I, I just think that it's really neat how you, what I think I, I, I'm learning from the story, Josh, is that you were adaptable, is what I'm hearing, because you started on public, and you were trying to help somebody else out, and then it just didn't pan out, and so, as time went on, you realized, well, I got a shot here on, on some pub, or on private ground, that is, and, and so, being mm-hmm. adaptable, do you think that played into it? 
Yeah, definitely. In the time of year, just the route, I knew this place was unpressured for the most part. I uh, had a really good feeling that if I got in there, I could see, possibly see a good buck. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, it's just an incredible deer. I, uh, you guys took some great pictures of it and I'm sure guys um, will post one here on Instagram or you can go back and check it out on Instagram. Now your video, you're going to, you got this on video. So um, what's the plan for the video? Uh, I haven't really thought about the video too much, but I have some awesome footage. Okay. I, th- I thought about doing maybe a three part to it. Yeah. With uh, kind of leading up to it, because I got some really good footage of the public land hunts, and I just figured if I have it, I might as well use it because it's really good quality stuff. And oh yeah, man! I, I tell you what, it's this year, Josh. Um, it, I think God's just <laughs> blessed us so much. Like we have never had so many bucks on camera, so many does on camera with shedding light outdoors, and it's just been incredible. Just like one after another, and. Um, so I'm excited to see what you put together on that. I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, man. God is good. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of that, um, just from a standpoint, like if we take a step back from hunting a little bit, what, what do you think just some life lessons or some, something, is there something that this season maybe uh, taught you or something that you, you kind of learned through this process? Yeah, I think I would want to say like, so maybe invest investment in people that are close to us and even maybe even somebody that we're not really close to, but someone that we can be close to. Yeah. I think, I really think if we can find common ground with somebody that we can invest in them. And I feel like, I feel like part of this was just a gift from God, honestly, because I feel like I invested really good quality time into somebody else. Like your nephew. Yes. Like my nephew. Yeah. And when it finally came down to me being able to go out to my, my own place for my own time, I really feel like I was just gifted. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. That's good. I mean, we, we've talked on this show, I think, a little bit about investing in others, you know, investing in other people and trying to get them in hunting. But one of the things that you mentioned was that you you kind of took this week off and you kind of made it Josh's time, right? Your your opportunity. Correct. So in a way, it's like you were investing in mm-hmm. yourself during that time, right? Yes, yeah, certainly. Yes, I was. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important. Um, you know, people use a lot of uh, psychology words like self-care and things like that. But I, I, I do think there's something to that, you know, knowing how to not make it all about you, but if we invest in others and do what we're supposed to do, there'll, there'll be that opportunity hopefully to spend some time on us. And hopefully it pans out like, like you just mentioned. Yeah, definitely. I really think God honors um, our investment for others. I really think he honors that and he really will give you, you know, something, hmm. whether it's giving you time back or talent or just giving you a gift like a monster buck. <laughs> <laughs> that's a major gift, man. Yeah, that's a major gift. But it's uh, just the way God operates, and it's just the way he's uh, He's really done things for me. It seems like whenever, uh, whenever I step out of my comfort zone, I guess, or mm-hmm. you know, whenever I'm just helping somebody else out, it seems like he always gives back in return. 
I think about that verse, and I, you might know where it's at, but I, I, I'm a little foggy on where it is, but the whole, you know, put me to the test and, and see if I don't, you know, come through for you basically is kind of how the verse goes, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I should know that better than when I just quoted it, but you know what I'm saying? I, I think there's this idea where God tells his people, Hey, you know, test me a little bit, you know, see if, see if, um, see if I'm going to come through and, and he does, you know, he always comes through and it might not be in like a giant buck, you know, gift, but right. just, just the fact that you can get out in the woods and watch the sunrise. That's a gift, you know, being yes, able to is. have the ability to climb up in a tree stand. Some people, you know, dream of being able to do that, you know, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of gifts that we receive that, that come back from him. That's really good. Yeah, it really is. Well, what's the, the plan? Are you, uh, are you done for the season, calling it good? You going to go uh, smack some does in Ohio? Uh, what's, <laughs> what's the plan, man? Well, I got my dough already. Oh, here, I've got another story. Okay. I've got my dough already. So Travis Shire has a farm where he killed his buck. Mm-hmm. We went over there to target this buck he calls Picket Fence. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. So we were over there back uh, late October hunting on a cold front that had come in after a week of like hot weather and we go in there and shoot a doe. Oh, and behold, this picket fence buck is literally right behind this doe. <laughs> yes. I remember this. Trav called me to tell me, he said, uh, we, we shot a doe tonight, but there was something behind her. <laughs> yep. Yep. Picket fence. But Hey, I think it still worked out for the best because I still got this crazy buck of a lifetime. <laughs> yeah and travis shire has a shot at a you know, 200 incher next year probably so <laughs> oh my goodness yeah that's crazy Can you imagine how big that deer will be yeah he's gonna be a giant next Ugh, year man i'll probably go target some does with my recurve i think that's the goal yeah yeah we get six in ohio so um uh, there's you got four more but you just got to hop to different counties so i got some does mm-hmm. uh down here in my front yard so if you want to hop in my place that man you're more than welcome oh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well josh i as always i always enjoy talking to you man i enjoy um hearing your stories and i just i'm so pumped for you you know i, I just think um you know, having that opportunity, like you mentioned, is just really cool and a really neat deer. And so, uh, congratulations, man. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Always good to talk to Josh. Love hearing his stories and, uh, just excited for him this year and the way things have gone down. And, uh, it's just been cool. I look forward to that video and there's going to be some good stuff coming. I just think about this. Josh talked about the importance of helping others and then also taking that time to kind of take care of yourself and, and make a few hunts about you. And I, I've pushed over like the last year or so to really try and encourage guys to take other people out, get other people in the woods, give them that opportunity. And that's something I've tried to push myself to do. Um, and um, it's so rewarding, you know, taking Corey out and letting him shoot his first deer. And I'm still trying to help Riley get that opportunity. It hasn't panned out yet for Riley. Um, and I feel that pressure sometimes to like try and help other people. And there's other people that I've, I've gone and helped people track deer and my neighbor have helped his son try and recover a deer. And I, I love that. But there's also this, this idea of, do you take time for yourself from time to time? Um, you know, that's so important. And, and I see that happening with Jesus. Jesus heals a guy in Luke chapter five and verse 15 says, now even more, the report about Jesus goes all over the place and the crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed. So Jesus has all of these massive crowds coming to hear him speak, and they also, <laughs> they're wanting something from him. They're wanting to be healed of their diseases. And, and wouldn't you? I mean, if you had a disease, you'd want that to, you'd, you'd go to Jesus and have him heal you. Um, 
But then verse 16, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So Jesus, get this, he would heal people, he'd speak to people, but then he would take some time, and usually it says like early in the morning, he'd get up and go on a mountain someplace. Um, so he would use that early morning time to go up, and I just picture Jesus on the mountains of Jerusalem, and who knows what kind of wildlife he was seeing, who knows what he was able to experience. But I have to say this, if you're one of those people that just is constantly helping other people, I want you to see right here that Jesus, you know, the Son of God, had to take some time to be alone by himself, to kind of re-energize, to refocus, to to remember what his true mission was. So maybe that's something that you need to do as well. Maybe you've been going 100 mile an hour trying to help other people track deer, do all these things. Have you taken a few of those hunts for yourself? Um, mark it on the calendar and don't let anything else get in the way of that. You know, that's so important. It's so huge because usually all it takes is maybe one or two of those kind of hunts and you're re-energized. Even if you don't get anything, it, it helps you just keep going and doing what you need to do. So that's my plan um, moving forward. I've had a few hunts where I've helped others, and I've had a few hunts for myself, don't get me wrong, um, but I'm, I'm still kind of balancing all of that. Guys, I thank you so much for listening. And I want to say one more thing. If you are out there and you have not got you know, a deer, and it seems like everybody else has gotten one, don't feel discouraged. Just, I mean, be happy for your buddies that have got it done. Pat them on the back, and you keep doing what you do. Go out there and enjoy the woods. And even if you don't get anything, a day in the woods is better than <laughs> most days other places. So enjoy that time. Thank you guys for listening. Hope that you come back next week for another episode. And remember to shed the light.